What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Locatora Radio. A radiophonic novella, Locatora Radio, hosted by Mala Munoz and Diosa Femme. Hola, hola, locamores. Welcome to season six of Locatora Radio por Casteras Next Door. Locatora Radio is a radiophonic novella, which is just a very extra way of saying a podcast. podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. Um, so some quick updates. You can follow us on all socials, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, all of it. We're there. We're act we're as active as we can be. And if you are looking for a Findom drain and aspire to be our human wallet, you can escort yourself to our Patreon, actually, and subscribe <laughs> monthly. <laughs> now that I think of it, go to the Patreon. It's look at our productions. Um, you can also still actually use our Venmo, Locatora-Radio. We are receiving Venmo donations there, Locatora-Radio. Uh, and additionally, if you want to support us and by extension, another Latina-owned business, you can use our affiliate code Locatora-Radio15 and get 15% off of your next makeup purchase from vivacosmetics.com. Head on over to vivacosmetics.com and use affiliate code Locatora Radio 15. You can also use our Marihuanera podcast affiliate code 
on your next bong purchase at Latina-owned Mota Glass. Our affiliate code is Marihuanera P4P for a percentage off. So today we are continuing our Latinas in Politics series. This is the second episode, the second installment of season six. Last time we talked to Onisis Hernandez running for council district. One. One. CD one. CD one um, for the LA city council race. And today we will be talking to Nicole Lopez, who's running for Congress. She's running for District 42. And so we're going to be hearing from her today. However, we also had some observations, you know, as we like continue our Latinas in politics series. And we notice that Latinos are running at like high rates for elected office, right? Simultaneously, we're also seeing another pattern. And so we wanted to discuss that for a little bit before we bring on our guest. Oh yeah, one of the reasons why we do this series, and it's been a while because you know we have to wait until the next election cycle. And uh, when folks start campaigning, we noticed A, that a lot of the Latinas running for public office, including Nicole Lopez, are not getting tons and tons of coverage, are not getting um, lots of interviews or lots of press, the stories are not being covered. And we think it's important to hear from these candidates because so many of our listeners are Latinx people who live in the city and county of Los Angeles in the districts that these women seek to represent. And nowhere else are we seeing like their stories really being banked. Are we really seeing like a place where we can hear from all of them and like at length? So the other thing is that there's a lot of old guard Latino politicians that we're, we're cleaning house right now. We're sending them to prison. We're voting them out. We're launching investigations. They're getting subpoenas. And we're trying to bring in some fresh blood, some new faces. And these women have never held elected office before. You know, these are fresh faces, fresh platforms in politics, in L.A., and even at the national level. So we hope that you learn something and it helps to inform your voting process. I'm screaming. To be clear, we are not sending anybody to prison. Um, Not us specifically. We we do not support the carceral state. (laughs) However, the royal we. There, there is a trend right now where Latino formerly elected officials that are also Latino are being, you know, investigated by the FBI, um, sent to prison. All those things. (laughs) It's happening. It's happening. Just to be clear, yeah, we are not doing that. However, no. that is a trend. And we did talk about that uh, last season when we I interviewed Mariah Castaneda for the sellout where she dived, does a deep dive into Jose Huizar, um, a, a former city council person as well for LA City. So yeah, there's definitely a trend, which is also why we want to put our energy behind the Latinas that are running, the fresh faces, the folks that are, have values that are aligned with ours and that we want to support and make sure that they're getting the reach that they deserve because a lot of the mainstream media, mainstream press doesn't always give support to, you know, smaller candidates, fresh candidates, more progressive candidates. Obviously they call it politics for a reason. Like there's a lot of politics behind who gets interviewed, who gets endorsed. Right. And so we're excited to support another fresh young face Um, And so a little bit more about Nicole Lopez. She was born and raised all over District 42, which we'll get into the details of that district in a bit. 
Um, and she's got at least one story from her childhood attached to almost every city in the district. If you live in LA, you know what it's like to move around city to city. Nicole constantly saw her family, friends, and community struggle with lack of access to quality health care, fear of de deportation, rising student loan debt, and during the pandemic in particular, minimal support for workers' rights. These are the platforms that she is getting behind. These are what her platforms are platforms and values are based on. She's for the people. And so we're excited to introduce her and bring her on so you can learn more about Nicole Lopez running for the 42nd District. Podcasteras Peligrosas. everyone we have the immense honor and privilege to welcome our next guest nicole lopez she was born and raised all over district 42 and today she's going to be talking about her campaign welcome nicole thank you so much it's like it's such an honor to be here i've been a huge fan of this podcast for a very long time um, i've been following you all for a while and yeah i love what you all are doing and i think this platform is so important. So thank you all for doing this. Thank you, Nicole, for being back on Locatora Radio. This is actually our second crack at recording. We had a couple little technical difficulties with our Zoom cloud. It happens. Uh, but actually, we're very happy to be talking with you today. Um, it is May 25th. So we are all sort of just checking in and kind of recovering from mm -hmm the school shooting that uh, took place this week. Mm -hmm. And we will probably talk about that later in the episode. Um, but first, we want to give you a chance to introduce yourselves to our listeners, um, a lot of whom live in the LA area and could potentially be future constituents of yours. Right. And yes, it is a really heavy day today. Um, and it's been a heavy past few weeks. You know, this is one of many mass shootings that has that has happened um, recently. So, um, yeah, it's a very heavy day, and you know we're we're all checking in, in ourselves and talking about our mental health as a huge priority during this time. But um, yes, I'm running for Congress. I'm running for Congress in District 42, which includes cities in Southeast LA and um, the city of Long Beach, Lakewood, Signal Hill. Um, Downey, Bell, Bell Gardens, um, Cudahy, Pineton Park. So a lot of these cities I grew up in, um, I've traveled through all these other cities throughout the campaign, but it kind of just feels like I'm taking my, you know, weekly drives as I do because I've lived here my whole life. My family has been here for many generations. My grandmother lives in the same house that she raised my dad in, um, which is also in the district. So that's going to be really cool to have my abuelita vote for me in the election. Um, but yeah, I'm running for Congress to 
represent the community that raised me, the community that taught me the importance of giving back. Um, and I, I would be honored to represent these cities that have so much personal history and meaning to me, but also there are communities, they are communities that really are often forgotten about and marginalized by elected officials. Um, and it would be an honor of mine to be able to change that for, for this community. Thank you so much, Nicole, again, for being here. So one thing that I love about your campaign, your visuals, your website, your Instagram also is the aesthetic of it, right? It's, mm -hmm. it feels like you're targeting us like Gen Z, well, not me, but Gen Z millennials, mm -hmm. you know, like our demographic. And, um, can you tell me why that's important for you to perhaps, I don't know if this is the case, but at least for me, I feel like you're centering this pop, this demographic in your uh -huh. campaign practices. Um, so can you tell me why that's important to you? Right. Well, there are so many reasons um, as to why I decided to, I, like you said, pursue that aesthetic and make it a huge priority of mine in my social media, especially. Um, and at first, I'm not going to lie, like I wanted to do like the typical, you know, red, white and blue politician graphics that a lot of candidates do, because I thought that's what I had to do, right, to be taken seriously or something like that. And then I realized, well, one, this is kind of boring to me. And if it's boring to me, then it must be boring to other people too, um, to kind of see the same kind of graphics or um, text or whatever copy for social media um, over and over again. And I think a lot of that comes from the belief that we don't know, you know how to run a campaign. I've never run a campaign before. This is my first time even, you know, working in a campaign, let alone running for office. Um, and I thought about, you know, why has have I been so turned off from participating in campaigns? And it's often because I don't feel like I speak the language. I don't feel like I understand, you know, all these political terms or what have you. But I think that it's really important for me, especially because, yes, my campaign is really focused on targeting voters and um, community members who are often not brought into the, the campaign world or into the politics world. So I do create content for my sister who's Gen Z. Um, I do create content for even my mom and my abuelita who have never voted for congressional candidate before um, and having it be accessible to them and have them feel like they can engage with the content um, and find it interesting. You know, that's kind of the bare minimum that I think a lot of candidates should be doing. So it is a huge priority for me to have content that is um, relevant to what's going on in the news and what the issues that are affecting my community members, but is also just plainly accessible, whether it's through the language or the graphics. Um, and that's a huge priority for me across the board. So I might not talk like a politician or how politicians are encouraged by their fancy consultants to talk, um, which is often very, it distances like the politician from the voters, but it's been working out. People, you know, are like, I can finally understand what politicians are talking about or what um, what bills are being introduced. I understand it because you explain it in a way that doesn't intimidate or push people off um, and make them feel like if you don't have a poli sci major, you can't engage in this campaign. And that's the exact opposite of what we want to do. We want to make sure that anyone 
um, from any background feels like they can engage with our campaign. Nicole, what would you say are the, I guess, core pillars of your campaign? What are the issues and the needs of your community that you're really honing in on and focusing on in your messaging and in getting your mess in getting a word out there about who you are and why you're running? Right. So I have often been asked this question in different forms of, you know, what it, what are the top, top three issues that you're fighting for? And it's really hard to just choose a few because to be honest, even if I did choose a few, there are other issues that are just as important that are affecting our community members and they're all inter interconnected, right? So we can talk about, um, climate change, but then if we talk about climate change, we also have to talk about um, environmental racism. And if we talk about the minimum wage, we also have to talk about how people are barely making it with being underinsured or not being insured at all. Um, so there, there are so many issues that are affecting my community. Um, and so the, it's really hard for me to choose just a couple, but I think that the main focus for me is to bring to light the stories of the community members that um, are really living and trying to survive in a country and a city and a district that often neglects even their most basic needs, like needing affordable housing, needing access to grocery stores with healthy food options, um, having access to a hospital, um, and having even just the right to walk around their block and have um, fresh air. You know, there are communities in Southeast LA that you walk outside and there's this horrendous smell from the factories that puts you off from even taking a daily walk. So there are so many issues, but it really comes down to the fact that our elected officials have often taken our community for granted um, and refuse to engage with community members and really ask them, what do you need from us? What do you need for us to be fighting for on Capitol Hill? Um, you know, I've, I've talked to a few uh, local leaders and a lot of them say, I've never even spoken to my congressperson. I've never even had them come and knock on my door. So that's something that we're trying to change and ensure that folks feel that we're not only here to ask for their vote, but more importantly, we're here to listen to them and take those concerns seriously and bring them to, to Capitol Hill. Thank you so much for giving some background on that. Um, I know that one of your um, one of your pillars is also for supporting small businesses and you know creating quality education. Can you expand on that a little bit, please? Yeah, of course. So my family has owned a small business in the district for decades since 1991, um, and during the pandemic, we almost lost our small business and you know, our whole family, not just my immediate family, but our extended family, our tias, our primos, everyone eats from there. Everyone works for the small business, for our family business. And so we would, if we would have lost that business, it would have been catastrophic for our family. Um, and what we saw happen was that we didn't know who to reach out to, to ask for help. You know, a lot of small businesses didn't even know that they could qualify for PPP loans when those were being offered. And as a result, a lot of um, 
Latina businesses, Black-owned businesses, women-owned businesses had to close down. And as I spoke to more and more business owners in the area, they were like, I, I just didn't know what to do. You know, we were in the middle of um, a pandemic and we were scared to go to work. So we had to lessen our hours. Um, and then also we just didn't have customers coming in. So we didn't, we weren't able to make the money we needed to pay rent or pay for our utilities um, or pay for our employees. So it really demonstrated to me how the federal government failed these small businesses. It failed making an, making an effort to contact them and let them know what opportunities they had to keep their businesses afloat. And also the elected officials in the area weren't doing their job of doing community outreach to these businesses to help them out. So that's a huge pillar of mine, helping small businesses, because not only at a personal level, my family was impacted by the lack of federal support um, for small businesses, but also I think it's unfair that people lost their livelihood just because they didn't have a contact in Washington, D.C. that they could reach out to for help. And then when it comes to quality education, I think that has, it's multifaceted. So that includes being able to afford to go to college if that's something that you would like to do. Not having student debt um, pin you down and drown you after you do graduate from college. I have student loan debt that I don't know how I'm going to repay. And I know there's people who have even more student loan debt that keeps them up at night. And I think it's long overdue that we cancel all student loan debt. I don't think that $5,000, $10,000 is enough. I think at this point, year three into the pandemic, we really should be looking at canceling all student loan debt. And then in addition to that, you know, at at just the beginning levels of um, education, we should have universal pre-K. We should have um, better funding for our public schools. And that's across the board, not just in the wealthiest of communities or the widest of communities. We should have quality public schools where children feel safe, where they feel that they can learn and that they can thrive um, in an environment that is well-resourced. And that also includes providing fair pay to our teachers. So like I said before, it, we can talk about one issue, but it really just expands to a whole array of other issues that need to be addressed in order to even get this one issue over the finish line. So speaking of which, right, we start talking about one issue and it opens up into every other possible issue. So now we're talking about schools, we're talking about teachers, we're talking about resources and funding in the federal government. At the top of our interview, we mentioned, um, you know, like I have on my TV on right now, it's on silent and there's still coverage of the shooting in Texas. And though this shooting took place in an elementary school, very young children, teachers, federal government, gun control. Uh, There was a shooting in Buffalo Mm -hmm. uh, last week. And, you know, you sort of mentioned at the top of our interview before we started recording that you have some thoughts, right, on the things that the federal government can be doing um, about gun control, about school shootings and mass shootings in general. So I'd love it if you could share some of your perspective on what we're dealing with today and the past couple of weeks and how you like plan on enacting those ideas um, if and when you, you know, win your election. Yeah. I mean, 
it's absolutely horrendous, right? That young children um, are in danger in their schools now. And this has been going on for a while. You know, we had Columbine decades ago, we had Sandy Hook, and now we have Uvalde, um, Texas. And it's, it's unacceptable that even after Columbine, even after Sandy Hook, even after um, Florida, we have not done anything as a country, let alone um, our elected officials have done anything to ensure that these tragedies are not happening as frequently or at all. And I think that, you know, step one is creating more restrictions on who can access firearms. Why does an 18 year old have access to an AR-15? They can't, they can't even get a drink at a bar or rent a car, but they can buy an assault rifle. That makes no sense to me. And it's completely unacceptable. And to be frank, it is a big part, the fault of elected officials who are being bought out by the NRA. You know, they get millions of dollars of donations to not pass legislation that would keep us and keep our children safe. And so we need to hold those elected officials accountable by not reelecting them um, and ensuring that when folks are in office, that they are passing legislation that ensures these types of tragedies don't happen. So I know that the House of Representatives has passed some form of gun reform legislation, and now it's up to the Senate to vote on it. So putting pressure on your senators for California, that's Senator Padilla and Senator Dianne Feinstein calling them up and letting them know that this is a priority and that this bill needs to be called to a vote immediately. Um, but also, like I said, playing restrict, putting dis- restrictions on who can access weapons. I don't think that, like I said, an 18 year old should be able to access an assault rifle, let alone any kind of handgun. So why are we letting that happen? That should be a federal regulation. Um, but also holding these manufacturers, manufacturers accountable for producing these weapons. So I think it's long overdue that our federal government has a response to this. I'm really tired of the thoughts and prayers, especially coming from the Republican party because thoughts and prayers don't keep our kids safe. I'm sorry to say they just don't. So it is time that they they take real action, which means passing legislation um, at the state level, at the federal level to ensure people who have horrible intentions don't have access to these types of weapons. Thank you, Nicole. I second that. Um, I think it's like a very heavy day for everyone, um, especially if you're um, in on social media, you know, this is definitely the conversation and it can be very overwhelming. So just reminder to our listeners to take care of themselves, you know, and do what you need to do to feel, feel better Mm -hmm. um, and be grounded in community. Um, Nicole, my last question for you is how can folks support your campaign? How can folks uh, be connected with you as well? Right. And I second what you just said of taking care of ourselves. If you need to check out today or for the rest of the week, whatever it may be, um, please do that and reach out to your network and your community for support, because that's, to be honest, the only way we're going to get through any of this, whether it's the pandemic, the global health crisis, um, global climate change, or um, what we're seeing right now with gun violence. So 
yes, I think that that's essential. That's priority number one is that we're all taking care of ourselves, but also we are also electing folks um, who will do their job. And so I hope to be able to do that for my community. And if folks want to support our campaign, we would appreciate all the help. We need volunteers to help us go canvassing, to do phone banks, to do text banks, so folks can learn more about the campaign on social media, um, on at Lopez for Congress, and that's Lopez with the number four, Congress. And we're posting all the time about any volunteer opportunities, but also if folks want to check out our website, nicolopezforcongress.com, there's more information there. But, you know, top priority for me is that folks are taking care of themselves. And if they have the time and um, the capacity to, to help out with our campaign, I would really appreciate that. The election is coming up very soon. So we need folks out on the field to help us um, engage with voters. So any help would be appreciated, but please take care of yourself before anything else. Nicole Lopez running for Congress. Thank you once again for stopping by. Go out and register to vote listeners and get your ballots in. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.